Incredible scene last night. Incredible mood change last night at MetLife Stadium where the Jets went from euphoria. Aaron Rodgers going on the field looked like uh, the Rolling Stones were performing for the first time in 20 years. And then four plays into his Jets career, it's the season is over. And all of a sudden, it felt like the New York Public Library. It was incredibly, incredibly quiet. Michael Lombardi, I am sure, was watching longtime NFL executive, according to Wikipedia, three-time Super Bowl champion as well, uh, and also author of Football Done Right, Setting the Record Straight on the Coaches, Players, and History of the NFL. He joins us on the Adam Gold Show. I have questions about your book, sir. I do want to get to uh, what happened last night first. How are you? I am great. Thank you. Yes, do whatever you'd like to do. I'm here to answer questions. I appreciate you having me. Uh, broad brush it for me. Your thoughts. I'm sure you watched last night because who isn't watching Aaron Rodgers' debut with the New York Jets, especially since we spent, I don't know, uh, it felt like four years, but it was like five months uh, in speculation and putting the Jets in the Super Bowl. Um, right. What should the Jets uh, what should they do? What should they have already done if you were in Joe Douglas's shoes, the general manager? Well, I would have had a meeting this morning and basically told everybody in the organization that uh, there's no saviors. The football's a three-dimensional game, offense, defense, and the kicking game, and our level of expectations has not decreased. You know, We're going to do everything in our power as an organization to help Zach Wilson become a really good player. We're going to redefine the offense around Zach Wilson so that he is a good player. And I don't want to hear anybody talking about how sad they are today. I think it's time to move forward. The NFL is not a league that spends a lot of time in yesterday. Then is then, now is now, and we've got to move forward. And much like the scene in Apollo 13 where those scientists came into that room and they dumped all that stuff on that conference table and said, we've got to make this into that to get those guys home, that's what the Jets have to do. Michael Lombardi is joining us here on the Adam Gold Show. Um, I know the, the look, everybody is, uh, you know, lobbing shells. At, and I hate to use that analogy. It's stupid. Uh, everybody's, you know, criticizing the Jets in front office for not doing this, for having a bad offensive line or not having a better uh, backup quarterback behind Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I don't know if you take part in that. You do other things besides run, uh, you know, and you don't do this anymore. You don't run NFL front offices anymore, but you do other things. Uh, where, uh, where are, where do you stand on that type of criticism? Could the Jets have been positioned better? Well, I, I think it's, you know, it's people that really don't understand the profession that make those comments. It's the old Teddy Roosevelt, the ones who've never been in the arena before. Right. It's easy, you know. It's easy to seven, you know, everybody's a genius with an eraser, you know, and look, they made their move, give them credit. They, they tried to get the quarterback they felt could give them a chance. And as Belichick often says, if you tell me the play, a player's going to get hurt on, I'll take him out the play before. So injuries are part of it, right? right? That's what happens, but excuses are not a part of it. So we got to figure out the solution. And that's the challenge that awaits the jets. The more they cry in their coffee, the worse it's going to become. And the, and the more it sends a signal to the rest of their team, although these players are not dopes, they understand the drop-off from Aaron Rodgers to Zach Wilson, but it, if, you, if you complain about it, 
the more it sends a message to your team that you know that it's not the same anymore, that you don't have the same uh, the same chance. Is there a Michael Lombardi is joining us here on the Adam Gold Show. Uh, as best you know, is there anyone out there that w- could be an upgrade over Zach Wilson at quarterback? I don't think there is, right? I mean, because you've got your team set. You know who you are uh, around them, and it's time. I mean, look, it's time to put your big boy pants on. You've been to see with a second pick over on the draft for a reason. You've got talent. Now, we've got to do a really good job of building the team around you. We're going to take what, what Rodgers was going to do, and we're going to streamline it into what you can do. We're going to make it so that you're more effective in this role and go from there. Now, Joe Flacco was there last year. He was on the street. Yeah. You know, they had Mike White there. He, you know, he's now in Miami, so they can't use him. But, you know, you would have to look back at, at really at Nathaniel Hackett's tenure on who he had because that's who's going to drive this. It's who fits his offense the best uh, and who he feels like could learn and be the backup on quick notice, you know. And I think they have Tim Boyle that they have on camp. He's been in there and in their practices, so – He's been on practice squad. I'm not saying he's the answer, but right. at least he knows the terminology. Yeah, and look, Zach Wilson's a great athlete. It's one of the things that uh, I think the Jets like about him is that he's very mobile. Uh, he's got a great arm. He just uh, does some strange things, which we saw from the other quarterback <laughs> last night as well. And we are going to get to Josh Allen. Michael Lombardi is joining us here on the Adam Gold Show. Um, and I want to test the theory. I promised yesterday, because I was talking about this, that – uh, when you came on, I was going to ask you this theory. This is year three for Zach Wilson, and he started right away. And he was really not that good. Uh, not Well, mm-hmm. I shouldn't say not effective as a starter right away. He was drafted second overall for a reason, much like Baker Mayfield was drafted one overall or Sam Darnold was drafted three overall or Mitch Trubisky from North Carolina was drafted two overall. There's a reason why they go that high. Uh, but I wonder, are we overdrafting quarterbacks? Are we drafting them uh, too early in the draft based on how good they really are? And do we rush them to the point, uh, rush them to play to the point where it's a self-fulfilling prophecy that it almost proves that these guys aren't good enough because they can't handle it right away? I think the biggest mistake we make with quarterbacks is we draft guys and then say, well, what system could he play great in? As opposed to scouting inside out and say, this guy fits what we do perfectly and we're going to maximize his skill in the system. And I wrote about this in my new book, Football Done Right. You know, you've got to know who you are as an offense and then find a player that skills magnify that in the offense and then develop them within. You know, and I think the good teams like Andy Reid, you know, what he's been able to develop quarterbacks, they do that. And Quarterbacks are a lot like baseball stadiums. You have to build a team around them that fits his skill set. And all of them, with the exception of maybe Mahomes, all of them need the right system around them. Look at Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was, you know, they're 9-9 and his second year in the league. Mm -hmm. He couldn't throw the ball that effectively. He could run it. But the Eagles developed this six-back offense around them. Their offensive line was really good. They brought in A.J. Brown to highlight their skill. And all of a sudden, he's taken off. I mean, and so that's that's what they have to do. And I think sometimes we just think we pick this guy, he's going to be the savior. Right. And then I think we overemphasize arm strength and we overemphasize athleticism. You know, for Mitchell Trubisky to get picked ahead of 
Deshaun Watson or even Patrick Mahomes right. is wrong because when you just, you know, he started one year at North Carolina. You know, guys that start, there's a reason a guy doesn't start every year. There's a reason why Brock Purdy started for four years. There's a reason why Trey Lance didn't start. Michael Lombardi is joining us here on the Adam Gold Show. You see, yesterday when I brought up the fact that Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith for an entire season, excuse me, until the last game, and now we see what he is, Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre for, what was it, three years before he started to play. Jordan Love looked very good in his essential, essentially debut as the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, having watched Aaron Rodgers for an entire season. And there is some benefit to coming into the league, learning how to be a pro, learning how to study, learning how to do all those things, because the difference between college and pro football from the quarterback's perspective, they might as well be two different sports, right? No question. And and I think, too, is when you study this, right, and you see that they develop them, I think what, what Matt LaFleur deserves credit for is this year he changed the offense. They run a different offense that fits Jordan Love to a, at, a, at a much higher level. I didn't think last year LaFleur changed the offense to fit the skill players around Aaron Rodgers. They kept running Aaron Rodgers' offense. Well, the problem with running Aaron Rodgers' offense is is it's only good for Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't work for Jordan Love, <laughs> right. you know? And so you got to change it. And, and when you have young receivers, it's hard to run Aaron Rodgers' offense. Michael Lombardi is joining us here. All right, you, you already uh, highlighted something that was in your book, and I'm glad you did. I want to ask you one more thing. When it says setting the record straight, okay, g- give me an idea of what you mean by that in particular. Well, I think it's setting the record straight is about like, uh, for example, we we see Buddy Parker finally get into the Hall of Fame. I wrote that book probably a year ago in July. It was finished, and now he's finally going to get in the Hall of Fame. You know, he he belonged in there a long time ago. You know, Marty Schottenheimer belongs in the Hall of Fame. I'm trying to get the, uh, the awareness of the voters to understand that winning regular season games, people that make a contribution to the sport like Clark Shaughnessy that invented the forward pass that basically is the reason why we have the quarterback position belongs in the Hall of Fame. So for me, it was about that setting the record straight, giving people an opportunity. I'm not trying to throw anybody out of the Hall of Fame. Right. I'm not. I, I, everybody can stay in there with the exception of George Preston Marshall. He can't. He should be out of the Hall of Fame. But everyone other than him should stay in, but everybody should be made aware of of some of the players that have not gotten the benefit of being in it. For those people who do not know, George Preston Marshall, the original owner of the Washington football team, uh, and we don't have to get into the reasons, but I respect that you brought that up. That was uh, I uh, could not agree more. By the way, I was excited that Don Coryell was going into the Hall right. of Fame because, as much as we uh, and we should, we uh, we almost deify Bill Walsh for the West Coast offense. Don Coryell created a passing game that Joe right. Gibbs used in Washington. And it's really the, I guess, maybe even the San Diego uh, Chargers under uh, Dan Fouts. I mean, modern passing game offense uh, that really, 
I mean, he he should have his own coaching tree. He probably does. We just don't talk about it like we do Bill Walsh. Final thing for you, Michael Lombardi, and I appreciate your time uh, and your uh, your candidness about you know the news of the day. Um, what do you do with Josh Allen, who looks like he has taken a pretty big step back? It happened the second half of last year. He almost seems to be like it almost seems intentional, and I'm not saying it is. But some of the decisions he made yesterday were absolutely mind-blowing. Just throwing the ball into areas where no matter how good Stephon Diggs is, he's not catching it. I don't understand what we have seen with Josh Allen. I think what we see is a player who wants to win the game himself. I don't think he trusts what he's doing, and I think that's a real issue. And I think you've got to try to spend a lot of time convincing him to not. And one of the criticisms I've had of Buffalo is he carries the team with them. He's their, they don't have any physicality to their team, and they need that badly because he puts too much of the pressure on himself. And they're a, what I call a loose play team. The play breaks down, and Josh starts to move around. He doesn't think anybody can tackle him, and all of a sudden – you know, he's making bad decisions. I think they got to rein him in and hold him more accountable. I mean, look, last year in the opening game, he did exactly the same thing. You know, he did it in preseason last year. He did it in preseason this year. I mean, he's been turning the ball over, and they've been able to overcome it. And when you overcome it, and you don't address it. And when you lose, you do. Yeah. Well, uh, they really got what they deserved last night. So, uh, maybe that'll be the wake-up call that that team needs, but uh, hard to see them turning the ball over like they do. Uh, and, I mean, gosh, they might even, might not even make the playoffs if they turn the ball over the way the AFC is stacked with playoff contenders. Michael Lombardi, longtime NFL player personnel director, author of Football Done Right, setting the record straight on the coaches, players, and history of the NFL. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. No, thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. You got it. Michael Lombardi here on the Adam Gold Show.